Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke 2, 13-14 Hello, and welcome to The Well, a spiritual growth podcast from Saddleback Church. My name is Brandon Bathauer, and I'm excited to journey with you into this season of Advent. May you get a glimpse of Jesus' work in the past, his presence with you now, and his plans for the future. And may this be a moment of pause for you, a refreshing reorienting in the presence of the God who is with us. To start, find a quiet place, get away from the noise and the busy, and get settled. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke 2.13-14 The dusty road leading down to Bethlehem had been well worn these past years. The boots of Roman soldiers and the hooves of Roman horses had pounded this path into a road. Just an hour's walk from Jerusalem, the gleaming walled city, Bethlehem was a small town of just a few hundred people. The farmers, potters, and shepherds that lived in this town were humble, eking out a living under Roman rule and taxes. Imagine being one of those oppressed and beat-down Bethlehemites. Your history, at least for the last few centuries, was an endless list of changing foreign rulers. You've been passed from one empire to another. Tennis can be fun unless you're the ball. See, it seemed like every hundred years the uniforms would change on the soldiers that marched through your town on the way to Jerusalem. Now, though they were humble, they carried great pride about their town. This was the birthplace, the home, of the great Israelite king of ancient past, King David. As Roman soldiers walked their red flags through their streets, these meek homeowners and shopkeepers must have imagined what it was like a thousand years before, when David was anointed king of Israel, really just down the road, when they had a good king that ruled Israel and sought real peace. Now, he didn't have a perfect track record, but he was after God's own heart. He was one of their own. And perhaps in their most hopeful days, in the quiet around a table, they must have held to the old words of the prophet Micah of a promise from centuries before. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, Out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. 
and he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. See, each new ruler promises peace. The question is, how do they achieve it? Caesar Augustus, who had ruled the Roman Empire at this time, his birthday was hailed as, quote, the day divine providence saw fit to offer a savior to the world. He was the one that would end all war and bring peace to the whole earth. Just like every king before, it turns out it is easy to end war. You just defeat and oppress every enemy, or anyone that could be an enemy. You just silence anyone that would disagree with you. Have no enemies by exerting power over them. See, we often view peace as just the absence of conflict. That if we can get rid of our challenges, however we choose to do that, we will be at peace. And isn't that the promise today? If you elect the right person, you'll defeat the other party and bring peace. If you stop people from saying or thinking the things that you don't want them to say or think, then you'll have peace. If you just pretend like things aren't wrong, if you can just numb the pain, then you'll have peace. Now, this is an artificial peace, as artificial as the fake peace that hovered over Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' birth. See, peace is not just the absence of conflict. It is the presence of justice. It is when all things are made right. This prophecy from Micah, this hope for a savior that would really bring peace, was different. This peace would not come with a sword, but would come from humble origins of Bethlehem, from a mother in birth pains. This peace would come as a shepherd who cares for his flock. This peace, the Hebrew word shalom, is not about silencing those who disagree by beating them, whoever them is. It is about defeating enemies by making them friends. This peace is about confronting the real issues of the selfish human heart and healing the wounds of victimization. So what does peace mean to you? What type of peace do you need right now? Spend a few moments to ask God, what type of peace do you want me to have? Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke 2, 13-14 Imagine how your heart would race 
when breathless shepherds ran into your town with news, their faces almost glowing with excitement. Imagine the feelings of hope and joy that would rise up within you. A new king had arrived, one that would bring the glory of God to earth and offer God's peace, God's shalom to this world. Now this really happened. I know that this can feel like a fairy tale, like a story disconnected from our reality today. But the whole point of Christmas is that God does not stay far away in some religious fantasy box. Through Jesus, God shows up into our reality, right into your reality, to carry out the promises he gave long ago. His coming brings a true peace that eclipses all the fake peace of our world. True peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of rightness. Where has God fixed what is broken in your life, in your relationships? That is peace. What was at war in your life to which God has brought peace? Even during this upside-down season, where has God begun the hard work of peacemaking within you? Maybe it's in your relationship with Him. Maybe in a relationship to another. Maybe it's in the relationship to yourself. Think about where He is bringing peace, then thank Him for it. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. Luke 2, 13-14 So what of those Bethlehemites all those years ago that heard this promise, this breathless news from some shepherds? The false peace promised by the Roman Empire and their king Herod came at the cost of lives of all of Bethlehem's boys born in the previous two years. After this massacre, they were continually oppressed. This is the result of the world's way of making peace. In fact, Bethlehem, the birthplace of peace, still today sits amidst a bitter war between the Israelis and Palestinians. Peace is not achieved by the exertion of power. Peace is also not achieved by sitting back and doing nothing. While peace is not just ending conflict by eliminating or silencing your enemy, peace also doesn't come by just believing good thoughts and sending positive vibes that everything is going to get better. So how does peace come? Look at Jesus. God did not come with an army to put down the Roman oppressor, playing the same games with just a different uniform. No, 
He arrived as a baby in a feeding trough to bring peace to the hearts of people. At the same time, God did not sit back and naively hope that things would somehow turn around. He showed up. He stepped into this messy reality, committed to the long work to make things right. So let's make this personal. Jesus wants to make peace in you because he wants to bring peace through you. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called God's kids. Let's examine where we are with this. Are you leaving peace in your wake? Or are you settling for a fake peace? See, fake peace is avoiding that conversation with a family member because they hurt you. True peace is trusting in the power of Jesus enough to seek to reconcile that relationship. It is messy, and there's only so much you can do, but that's the hard work of peace. Fake peace means unfriending everyone who disagrees with you on social media in order to not feel the reality of the conflict among us. True peace means avoiding that comment thread trap and actually just sending a personal message to a friend who disagrees with you to set up an actual phone call. Fake peace is pretending like everything is fine with that habit that is tearing you and your relationships apart. True peace is doing something about it, inviting Jesus into it, and asking for help. Peace on earth for whom his favor rests. For whom his favor rests. See, the point here is that God does not force his peace on anyone. Peace lands on those who want it. You can only build your half of the bridge. But as Jesus' followers, we are called to be peacemakers. And that means doing the hard, messy, and healing work. Why? Because when we seek to live at peace, live in shalom, we show the world a glimpse of what the world is meant to be what happens when Jesus is our King. So take some time and honestly ask God what true peacemaking work He wants you to step into in the days ahead. What fake peace is getting in the way of true peace? What ceasefires need to become alliances? What broken things need to be mended? What wounds need to be healed in you or through you. Ask for his peace in you. Ask for his help to bring peace through you. Giver of all peace, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Amidst all the division, the loss, pain, and polarization around me, keep me 
in perfect peace as I keep my mind stayed on you. Please give me the courage, wisdom, and strength to seek true peace and pursue it, even when it comes at great risk. In this season, may your peace that surpasses all understanding arrive in my life and in those I interact with, that all the world would see what it looks like when the true King reigns. In Jesus' name.